Yesterday morning, I got my cell phone, and I looked up a pastor that I follow sometimes on Twitter, and he did a little one-minute devotional yesterday, and the title of it was, The Man Who Missed Easter. And I thought, well, now that's interesting. I could see the title before I heard his devotion. I thought, now, I'm not sure if I know anybody who missed Easter. I'm familiar with a man who missed Christmas. You know, the uh, innkeeper, Mary and Joseph went to the inn there in Bethlehem, and there was no room. And so they had to go out back by the stable there for Jesus to be born. So the innkeeper missed Christmas, but I never had heard about somebody missing Easter. And so I'm thinking, well, who is this man? And the pastor in the devotional said, this man was Thomas. And the reason he missed Easter is because he had doubts. He did not believe, he was not convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead as the word was beginning to circulate amongst Peter and John and Mary Magdalene and others who had been to the tomb. And so he, he had doubts. Well, interestingly, on that, remember Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday morning, of course, but on Easter Sunday night, The disciples were there in Jerusalem, and they were there in the upper room, and they were scared because they thought, man, the Jews, the religious leaders, when I say the Jews, I mean the religious leaders of the Jews, killed Jesus. And so if they killed him, they know we are his followers. What will they do to us? And Jesus, you know the story. We'll look at it in a moment. He walked into the room where they were, and he told them, don't be afraid. Peace. Everything is okay. I am alive. I have conquered death. And so that was Jesus on Easter Sunday night. Well, all the disciples were there except for Thomas. He was not there. And the reason he was not there was because he doubted that Jesus had really been risen from the dead. And so he thought, I've devoted the last three years of my life to following this man. And he had told us that he was going to be killed and so on and that he would rise again. But I don't believe it. And so his doubt kept him from being with the disciples in the upper room. Now, I think we have it on the screen. If not, I'll just give it to you. But I want to give a definition today of doubt. And I was thinking about this late last night. I thought, now I'm going to be talking about doubt tomorrow and how we shouldn't let our doubt keep us away from God or keep us away from God's people or have any kind of a negative effect. What is doubt? Doubt is when we question the Word of God, the power of God, or the ability of God to take care of us. That's what doubt is. And we've all doubted. Sometimes we doubt now. We get in a situation and we look at the situation and we think, well, there's just no way in the world that God's going to bring me through this. And we doubt his promises, we doubt his power, and we doubt his ability to bring us through. So all that said, if you'll open your Bibles today to John chapter 20, and I want us to try to get in the mind of Thomas, the disciple, as he was having these doubts and try to figure out how he eventually got victory over it, and how we can too. Now look in verse number 19, John chapter 20 and verse 19. Then the same day at evening, this is Easter Sunday night, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. So that's his word. They're afraid of the Jews, and so he says, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad 
when they saw the Lord. And so the fact is, Thomas was probably not the only disciple who had doubts. All the disciples were wondering, could Jesus really be alive? We know the tomb is empty, but does that necessarily mean he's alive? And yet they did not allow their doubts to do to them what Thomas allowed his doubts to do to him. Now look in verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And so Thomas let his doubts get the best of him. You know, doubt, when we think about doubt, it's questioning God's word. Sometimes we read a promise. For example, all things work together for good to those who love God. We read that. We think, well, I don't see how this situation I'm going through is going to bring out much good. We read another promise, my God shall supply all your need. And we think, well, I don't know. I've got a pretty bad need now. My family's got a situation. I don't know how this is going to work out. Another promise, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a promise. Sometimes we read that and say, yeah, but I don't know if, I don't know if it's going to work out in this particular case. So sometimes we doubt God's word and we doubt his power and his ability to take care of us. But remember this, we tend to only doubt those things that we really believe. Now think about that. When you're doubting something, more than likely mixed into that doubt is some faith. And we just have to decide, are we going to listen to our doubt or are we going to listen to our faith? Now that doesn't mean that it's good to doubt. It's bad to doubt. God's against doubt. Jesus told us not to doubt. But I'm just saying we're human beings, and it is natural for us to question, and it is sometimes natural for us to doubt. But remember this. We tend to only doubt, whether it's with God or with something else in life, we tend to only doubt what we believe. I'll give you an illustration of that. On Saturday, late Saturday afternoon, I said, I want to eat an early meal tonight and I want to bring it home, and I want to eat it, and I want to go to bed early tonight so I'll be rested and ready to go on Easter Sunday morning. And so I called a restaurant and placed my order, a Mexican restaurant. And I thought, nothing better on a Saturday night than a nice Mexican meal, right? And so I called them, and I said, here's what I would like. I got the young lady on the phone. I said, here's what I would like. The chicken enchilada dinner, the rotisserie chicken. That's just how I said it. I said, I would like black beans, rice, no poblano sauce, no grated cheese, uh, Chili con carne, all green sauces, no red sauces. Now, I'm getting hungry just reviewing that order right there. But that's what I said to her, and that's a lot. That's a lot for her to write down and remember. And so at the end of that, uh, I gave her my name, and I said, now, would you mind reading that order back to me? Because sometimes, you know, you tell, make that many changes, they're, they're human. They might forget something. And so she read it back to me. And she got it just right. Now, why did I ask her to read it back to me? Well, I had a little doubt that she was going to get it just right, right? But I also had faith. If I wouldn't have had faith, I never would have called that particular restaurant. So my doubt and faith were a little bit mixed together. She read it back. It was just perfect. It's interesting. At the end of that call, she said, okay, that, this meal is going to be $18 and something. I said, well, that's fine. I said, but I order this meal all the time, and it's normally $14. I said, has it been another, you know, price increase? She looked at it. She, I said, it seems like there's about four extra dollars. She said, well, I had to charge you three and a half dollars for the rotisserie chicken. I said, well, I, I thought the enchilada dinner came, the chicken enchilada dinner came with chicken. I thought that was part of it. You know, if you order chicken enchilada, she said, well, I messed it up. But the point is, I, I, just like I messed that story up, I messed that up with that lady. That, that. But the point is, we tend to only doubt 
what we believe. I believe she would get it right. I wanted to make sure. The disciples believed Jesus had risen from the dead. They were still afraid. Jesus went to where they were to make sure that their faith was up. But Thomas, he let his faith run wild, and his faith separated him from God, and his faith separated him from God's people, from the other disciples. Now, look in verse number 26, because this is where the the story turns a little bit, and we read these words. After eight days, now this is the way the Jews counted. This would have been the next Sunday night. So they're counting the Sunday, that the original one, and eight days later is the next Sunday night. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Now, Jesus says in verse 29 something very interesting. It applies to us today. He said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Now, watch this next sentence. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, in the midst of Thomas's doubt, what did he do? Well, He missed out on the first time that Jesus was in the room, but one week later, Thomas is with the disciples, and here comes Jesus. Now, notice this. Jesus did not chastise Thomas for his doubts. He didn't get on to Thomas for his doubt. What did Jesus do? Jesus said to himself, I want to help Thomas get rid of these doubts. I want to help build up Thomas's faith. I want to turn Thomas from being a doubter into being a believer so that his faith can be strong, and that's what he did. He said, Thomas, here are my nail prints, my hands, my feet, my side. Thomas saw that, and Thomas made the great confession, my Lord and my God. Church history and tradition tells us that shortly after this, as the disciples were all going around the world sharing the gospel, that Thomas ended up taking the gospel message to the nation of India, and he ended up being killed with a spear. And so this man who on this occasion had been doubting and afraid and worried, and I don't think Jesus is alive, once his faith was established and once those doubts were burned out of his faith and now he's trusting in the Lord, God used him in a great way. You know, I think what I want to say today, and I think the real thing that God placed on my heart yesterday is we're coming off of a great Easter in all of our churches. I want to just say this today. When you find yourself questioning God's Word, God's power, God's plan, God's ability to take care of you in a situation, when you find yourself wondering about that, use that thing that you're questioning and worrying about, turn it around. That's what Jesus did with Thomas. He said, don't doubt, but believe. Don't be doubting, but believing. Turn it around. I'm encouraging you today, when you have a doubt or a question, use that as an occasion to trust God with that issue in your life. You know, sometimes in all of our lives, the devil overplays his hand, and the devil bombards us us with thoughts and fears and questions and worries, and many times we take the bait and we go through the day worrying about all those things that he puts in our mind. But when we have those thoughts, if we'll learn to turn it around and say, you know what, instead of going through this day worrying about whatever is, What I'm going to do is I'm going to trust God with that. I mean, that really is the message of faith in a nutshell. Instead of worrying about everything, like Thomas here, instead of doubting, I I don't really believe Jesus rose from the dead. If he would have just said, 
Jesus said he was going to rise again. I choose to believe he did rise again. I haven't seen him yet, but I take it by faith. If he would have trusted the Lord instead of worried, it would have been a completely different story. You say, now, John, that's good, and that is what I should do. But how can I really know? People, we wouldn't normally verbalize this, but we ask this question. How can I really know that I can trust God to keep his word, to fulfill his purpose, and to take care of me as I go through whatever it is I go through in life? Well, remember this. As Jesus and his disciples were traveling to Jerusalem for the last time, for the Passover, the crucifixion, and all that went on that weekend, on three separate occasions, Jesus has said to his disciples, when we get to Jerusalem, I'm going to be arrested. I'm, they're going to turn against me. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. They're going to kill me in Jerusalem. And three times he said that to them. And then he said, but on the third day, I will rise again. So he made a promise to rise from the dead. Now think about this. If Jesus Christ made a promise to rise from the dead and he kept that promise, doesn't it stand to reason that Jesus Christ can keep every single promise that he ever made? You know, when you're tempted to worry and question and doubt, and I'm not sure if this promise applies to me, and I'm not sure if God's really going to get me through this situation, you know what you need to, and what I need to remember in our minds, and it's a beautiful picture of uh, something, a very special place in Jerusalem, as the empty tomb. Jesus made a promise. They were going to put him in that grave. Three days later, he was coming out, and that's exactly what happened. And so I'm encouraging you today, don't let your doubts drive you away from God. Let your doubts and questions and worries, fears and concerns drive you to God. And the thing that you're all stressed out and worried about, just turn it around, reverse it and say, God, with this situation, I trust you because you've promised to take care of me. If you kept the promise to come back to life again, you certainly can keep all the other promises that you ever made. Amen. Father, I thank you today that even here we are on the week now after Easter, that there, there are more messages that you have for us in the Bible. And the one we're thinking about today is that you want us to be believers, not doubters, not worriers, not fearful, none of that. But you want us to trust you to keep your word, to meet our needs, and to see us through whatever we go through in life. 